Hey, fam, what is up? What is happening? Back again. We are here, week seven, running back rankings. It is an absolute dumpster fire out there at the running back spot this week. We have injuries. We don't know if Saquon's going to play. Nick Chubb's already been ruled out. Uh, Chris Carson's on, on, on IR. We have six teams on bye. I mean, it is a rough, rough go this week. We're talking about possibly playing Dearness Johnson or Demetri Felton. You know, I mean, it is just a dumpster fire out there at the running back position. But the show must go on. And so we can either sit here and cry about it or we can pick up the pieces and try to win this week. And that's exactly what we are going to do. Joined, as always, with Robbie and Cody. So let's just get things going here. We are going to start with our top 12 running back and consensus. We have Derrick Henry. I guess you hate to see it, but you love to see it at the same time. Uh, if you know anything about us, but regardless, Derrick Henry starts off number one against Kansas City. Then you have Alvin Kamara, Aaron Jones, Jonathan Taylor, Daryl Henderson at, at five, Joe Mixon, DeAndre Swift, Daryl Williams, Chuba Hubbard, Josh Jacobs, Elijah Mitchell, and Leonard Fournette. The things that I did not expect at all, that it, all these guys, this collection of just elite talent, at the running back position this week in the top 12. But here we are, so let's make the most of it. So, Robbie, start us off. Who is who is, who is somebody in the top 12 that you want to wax poetically about? That that was wild. We need to take a quick second and just realize, I think you had Daryl Williams as a top seven back in a week of fantasy football. Like, that's Chuba Hubbard, uh, Josh Jacobs. You know, some of these names, and I get Josh Jacobs, we, we had that name up there at one point in time, but – Man, this is a wild, wild week. I'm going to go to one name that you said kind of at the end, Elijah Mitchell. Yes, the Trey Sermon truther is going to talk uh, some positive vibes here about Elijah Mitchell because what, why did I like you know a running back coming into that San Francisco offense? It's because uh, Kyle Shannon, for all the questioning we have with him right now, what does he do most weeks? He gets production out of the running back room. We've seen it going back uh, for multiple years now, and, and with Elijah Mitchell healthy, he has gotten uh, the majority, the the almost every carry really um, when he's been healthy. Weeks one and two, and then this past week, uh, or, or I should say two weeks ago before their bye. And so now he comes back here in week seven. They've, they've been on bye. Um, like you said uh, in our quarterbacks video, Jimmy Garoppolo uh, is expected to start. And I think that helps Elijah Mitchell because we're not splitting carries here with Trey Lance as well. Elijah Mitchell is probably expected to get a majority of that workload. We're talking, you know, 15-ish carries, maybe more. We saw week one, he got 19. So I'm excited about him because he, I just think when he's healthy, um, he's he's the guy that they trust right now. They don't trust Trey Sermon as much as I like him. They don't trust him. And so he can absolutely be that guy that, that has a safe workload. Uh, and I, I just I just like him for this week. So um, I'm excited about starting him as a top 12 back this week. Not the name you were hoping for, Robbie. So I'm, I'm proud of you, buddy, for, for talking about uh, a rookie not named Trey Sermon for the 49ers. Kev asked you to, to wax poetic about somebody. I don't necessarily want to wax poetic. Like, this is so gross that we literally have and I'm sure the zero RB truthers are out there parading around in their birthday suits, feeling really good about themselves because we literally have what three waiver wire running backs here, or at least guys who are you know in in the in the last rounds of your drafts with you know obviously Daryl Williams, Shuba Hubbard were waiver guys, and Elijah Mitchell. 
he was probably a waiver guy too after week one. And then, you know, you have guys like Josh Jacobs, everybody left for dead and Daryl Henderson, who was a, a fifth round guy, but just really quickly, if obviously if you have Chuba Hubbard, you're playing him. Hopefully you didn't drop him thinking that Christian McCaffrey was coming back and then didn't get him off of waivers. This is another reason why we don't want to handcuff our own running backs because Chuba Hubbard is stepping into that position. He's getting the majority of the workload, but there is just two games that he's played where he has five or more targets. Like that is not the Christian McCaffrey workload. They are using some other guys, especially in like two minute drills. We saw Ronnie Smith used against I think the maybe the Dallas game I think he came in and picked up a bunch of the targets but I mean over over the past three weeks you're looking at 13 24 and 16 carries at least 50 yards uh, at least 57 yards in all of those games as well he finally got his first touchdown this past week but now going up against the Giants everybody has run all over passed all over this team basically doing whatever they want to defensively giving up the seventh most half PPR points per game to the running back position. So Chuba Hubbard, if you have him, you're plugging him in. You know, up until this week, it has been as like an RB2 or a flex. But now you might be plugging him into your RB1 spot. So, God, it is it is, it is is gross out there. Kev, what do you got? Yeah, hey, let's just keep it going. Let's keep the grossness going, okay? <sighs> We're just going to just be a gross fest. But uh, today I'm going to talk about Josh Jacobs. You know, I have him at 10. And I, you know, I think this is a, he's at a really good spot this week. Um, if you kind of look at Josh Jacobs, played at least 65% of the snaps in three straight weeks. And he's running a 14.5 pass routes per game, which isn't great, but isn't terrible either. He's averaging 13 and a half carries per game and three receptions uh, per game as well. And he's getting 72% of the opportunity, which is the 10th highest among all running backs. And he gets a tremendous matchup this week against Philly. Philly has been, uh, you know, much better against the pass they have against the run. Uh, they are currently al- have allowed the seventh most uh, fantasy points to the position, and so I, I and they're also I think twenty sixth in run DVOA as well in the year. And so you know you could definitely run against this team. I think since Brandon Graham, I believe, uh, went out, I mean they've just fallen apart on the defensive side of the football. So you know I, I really like uh, Josh Jacobs this week, and you know for the most time for the most part this year he's been kind of a low end RB two for most people. But this is an you know I think this is a really solid spot for him in this game. And so you know Josh Jacobs, you know. He's not a sexy name, and he's not somebody that I think has like a monster ceiling. But I think he can provide you enough this week to, uh, you know, I think he can get, you know, maybe possibly fifteen to fifteen to twenty fantasy points. I think is in the well within the range of possibility for him this week. So I like Josh Jacobs as well in this matchup against Philly. If you don't have anybody else to talk about in this RB one range, I think we can jump on to the RB twos, and we can just keep the grossness going because at Let's thirteen go. we have Cordero Patterson. Yes, we do Cordero Patterson. Another name I did not expect to have us. Uh, you know, here, but here we are. Um, you guys actually have them both as an RB1. I have them at 18. I am not fully committed Rainer. to the Cordell Patterson experience quite yet, but it is out from there. It's James Connor, Miles Sanders for the brand, and Davian Harris, Chase Edmonds, JD McKissick, Javante Williams, Mike Davis, gross, D- Damian Williams, Alex Collins, Dearness Johnson, and Melvin Gordon. Woo! Like, okay, we've uh, let's. So let's talk about some RB2s, okay? Uh, if we thought the RB1s were kind of weird, these are uh, even worse. And so, Cody, who's your RB2 flavor of the week? Let's go right back to the top, man. Let's go at RB13 with Corderell Patterson. Is it here to stay? Who knows? But injuries, six bye weeks. Uh, on the season, 
He is RB12 in standard and RB10 in both half point and full point PPR. Obviously, the, the last game that we saw him in against the Jets, they had to use him a little bit more than what they had been because of all the, uh, you know, Ridley not being there, Russell Gage still injured. So he did see 14 carries, saw nine targets, but the targets have been pretty consistent for him outside of week one where he only saw two. Since then, he has seen seven, seven, six, and nine targets. The the touchdowns obviously unsustainable on the amount of touches and the amount of snaps that he's playing. But going up against this Miami defense, allowing the fourth most half PPR points to the running back position. You know, uh, Robbie, you were talking about uh, the Miami defense in the quarterback video, just not the defense that we thought it was going to be. If you want to look at Cordero Patterson as a receiver, Miami is giving up the third most half PPR points to wide receivers. So whether you plug want to plug him in at RB, wide receiver, flex, it doesn't matter. You can plug Cordero Patterson in this week and feel confident doing it. Uh, I, I'm glad we wasted all the time. Well, I guess we didn't waste that much time in the offseason, Kev, but going back and forth about you know Mike Davis and Wayne Gallman. You know, you you were talking about, you know, Wayne Gallman's going to come in and he's going to be the one taking away from Mike Davis. And I was all in the Mike Davis train. And at the end of the day, it's Corderell, MF, and Patterson. Uh, yeah, as, as somebody who has said Cordero Patterson is a sell high, and I do think that when we talk about running back rankings and when six teams on by, all the injuries that are happening, yeah, he's going to sneak in as a, a top 13, top 12 back for us just because of what's left there. He's a guy that's probably going to see five or six receptions. Uh, and in a half PPR league, that's just valuable enough because of what he's been doing once he gets the football. Now, I know uh, that that you guys feel the same, and we've been touting this, that long-term, I don't think he continues this. He can't continue scoring on 16% of his receptions. Uh, Calvin Ridley comes back after missing a week. Um, Russell Gage will be coming back eventually. We do see the Kyle Pitts uh, emergence coming, right? So his target share of 17%, I don't think, continues the way it has been. So I do think he he slows down a bit. But when it's this gross, he's still going to be ranked highly. So I uh, love you pointing that out, um, Cody. But the guy I'm going to talk about is James Conner. Kev, I know you you are high on him as well. Uh, with, with Chase Edmonds so limited last week, and I don't know if that continues this week, but if it does – we saw James Conner get 55% of the snaps. He got uh, 17 touches. I just think that James Conner, whenever he's in a good game script, he's a guy that you have to have in your starting lineup just because of how explosive this Cardinals offense is, right? He's had two games of, of two touchdowns in, in those two games, and he's getting an average of 14 touches per game, three games of over 16 carries. And I just think he's a great shot at getting a touchdown against this Houston Texans defense. That's not good. They're getting they're getting absolutely exposed on all sides of the football. So if we're talking about a, a matchup that, that fades towards James Conner and not towards Chase Edmonds, Chase Edmonds still nicked up with that shoulder uh, injury. So uh, maybe the snap share also continues to lean towards James Conner. He's going to be a top, you know, 13, 14 guy for us. He's a top 10 guy for me. I'm really excited about. James Conner, what he could bring in this matchup. Yeah, you have James yeah. Conner out here taking a, you know, bringing some of the the Steelers with him and doing his best uh, Jerome Bettis impersonation and having uh, Chase Edmonds be fast Willie Parker. I love a Willie Parker mention in 2021. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. Jeff, who and you got? 
Well, I mean, I mean, James Conner has, you know, essentially taken over the Kenyon Drake role. I mean, he's the guy who gets all of the, you know, he's getting all the carries. He's getting all the goal line work. He's actually fourth among all running backs goal line carries. Where you have Chase Edmonds getting six and four carries of the last two weeks, but he's also getting most of the pass catching work. So, um, you know, uh, good to see James Conner living his best life and getting a second opportunity. So, yeah, I mean, James Conner, I think, is very, very viable this week. But my guy that I am much higher than you guys are, and that's Miles Sanders. And I have him at 10, and you guys have him at 18. I get it. The peripherals have been not good. Uh, he only has two games of double-digit fantasy points, and he only has two games of – or, excuse me, three games, I guess, where he's been at least an RB3. And, however, if you kind of peel the layers back, kind of like an orange, right? You start peeling those layers back to get to the goodness on the inside – the, to, to get some of it, right? Let, let's do that with, with Miles Sanders, okay? So if you look at him, especially the last couple of weeks, he's really taken a stranglehold of his backfield. Now, the production hasn't been there, but the opportunities certainly have. He's played 74% of the snaps in week five. He played 91% of the snaps in week six against Tampa. 11 carries, nine carries, not great, obviously. 17 to 15 routes run. Uh, he's seen nine targets over the last two weeks. However, those are the two best two of the best run defenses in the league, right? Nobody runs against Tampa because Tampa uh, is one of the best run defenses we've seen. And so I, I think that uh, one, I said this today in our, our Slack chat, which you can find that in the description down below, always popping questions all day, every day, just going off in there. And so, but I, I brought it up with Miles Sanders. Then that Miles Sanders is the best buy low right now in all of fantasy football. Their schedule, uh, past this uh, this last week against Tampa is absolutely amazing. It's like top five uh, re- re- schedule remaining. He only has, I think, two matchups against two teams that are uh, are uh, that are uh, in the top 10 of uh, run DVOA the rest of the season. And the opportunity's been there. He's getting all the opportunities in this backfield. So I think it's 76% of the opportunities. And so I do think they start to run the ball more. This is a great, this is a good matchup against Oakland, or excuse me, against the the, the Raiders. The Raiders allow the 11th most fantasy points to the position. They are uh, 16th in run DVOA on the season as well. So this is a good matchup for Miles Sanders. And I think he spreads his wings, you know, and I'm going to be like, what is that, dirty dancing? Where you pick him up in the air and, you know, and carry him around. That's what I'm going to do. It's me and Miles. Me and Miles, I have rode with him. I have not jumped off the bandwagon. Miles Sanders, top 12 running back this week. Plug him back into your lineup. Thank me. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. On Sunday night. I digress. So, Miles Sanders. Lock him in. Top 12 running back this week. Love him. You know, and you already took my other guy that I was going to talk about, uh, which was uh, James Conner. So, a couple of these other running backs that we have in here. Uh, you know, Dearness Johnson. I guess we should talk about the Cleveland situation. Everybody's going to run out and spend their top fab on him. Everybody's going to go out and spend a number one waiver ab on him. And it's a fucking mistake. You shouldn't spend anything on him. No fab, no waiver. At the best, he's a one-week play. At the best. Best opportunity, he's a one-week guy. 
right? Because Nick Chubb will be back after this week. They did the right thing, the smart thing, and not rush Nick Chubb back. It was a mild calf injury, but they there was no reason for them to rush him back with him playing on Thursday. They play the Broncos, which has one of the best defenses in the league. I want no part of anything Cleveland. I don't care who it is. You're not playing nobody. Odell, the tight ends, nobody. This is going to be a ugly, ugly game on Thursday night between these two teams. Both the offenses are are out of whack. Even Denver doesn't look great either. Um, you know, they just got the doors blown off them by uh, Las Vegas. There's talk about Teddy Bridgewater might lose his job uh, to Drew Locke, and they may go back to Drew Locke. Uh, who knows? But I am not messing with the Ernest Johnson in this matchup, uh, and I'm not messing with Demetrius Felton, I, unless I, you absolutely are desperate. And I get it that there's a lot of guys on by, but do not, do not spend heavy, heavy fab or waiver, which I guess this will come out after waivers run, but the people that do, you're an idiot because it's just, it just, there's nothing there for you. It's a bad process play. He has one week and that's it. You know, and with Nick Chubb coming back, Nick Chubb is going to eat when he comes back next week. Okay. So anyways, do you guys have any other RB twos or should we move on to the RB threes? I have to sneak back in because I took your guy. So I do apologize for that, but we just had to, to talk a little bit about James Conner because how much we like him. But the other guy I think that you guys are a little bit low on, and we have to see what comes out with, with Antonio Gibson. But J.D. McKissick has, has kind of been a hot, cold player. I mentioned, you know, Jameis Winston in the quarterback video, super hot and cold, either gives you a fantastic week or an absolute dud. J.D. McKissick has been that with Antonio Gibson in the lineup. Uh, we're not sure if Antonio Gibson is going to play this week. Let's keep an eye on that. But even if he does, this is a game script that he absolutely can take advantage of where yeah. they're, they're going against the Packers. They're going to have to throw it. We saw J.D. McKissick play on 61% of the snaps. That is a season high for him. We saw Antonio Gibson go all the way down to 39%. That's going to be injury related. So even if he does play, is he limited with, with a micro fracture in his shin? So I think this is a, a play where you can rely on J.D. McKissick. He is the one that they trust in the pass game. He's the one that they trust in those two-minute drills. And so that – matches up well with going against the Green Bay Packers. And so he's going to be the guy for me to make maybe towards that 17 PPR points that he's got that he has gotten in, in three of the weeks where he's got at least five catches and not so much the three weeks where he's been six point or less. So I think JD McKissick absolutely needs to be mentioned here as a running back too. I think especially in the matchup against uh, Green Bay, I mean, uh, you know, Green Bay has been terrible against the run, but they're going to push them. They're going to make them throw the ball. And I think J.D. McKissick is a direct beneficiary of it. And honestly, I think that uh, that the guy we probably should be talking about more and that he's really getting not that much buzz is uh, Jared Patterson. Because I honestly, Antonio Gibson might be done for the year. Like th- th- this injury that he has, like it, it I mean, he, he very simply could fracture his fibula. I mean, he, I mean, it's, it, with having stress fractures in there and everything else. And the fact that they, they were supposed to have the MRI yesterday or excuse me on Monday, and we still haven't heard anything about it is uh, a little concerning as well. Cause I would think if it was nothing, they would already come out and said, no, he's good to go. It's fine. It hasn't gotten any worse because that, that's what he's heading towards. Right. Um, it is, is, is something major and he hasn't been able to make it through it. Like, it seems like, like you, they would be much smarter to just shut him down, and at least uh, for the foreseeable future, they're not going anywhere. Uh, is it really worth risking a, you know, a major injury or something like that? I don't think so. And so, I think Jared Patterson is actually probably the guy that people should be looking to add because I honestly think if something you know happened long term with Antonio Gibson, even if it is short term IR for Antonio Gibson, 
I think Jared Patterson ends up being the lead back where JD McKissick is the or is the stays in the same role, pass catching back, you know, and, and mixing in because Jared, uh, Jared, JD McKissick is not getting 15, you know, 20 touches a game. It's just not going to happen. And so I do think that while I think in PPR formats, McKissick remains, you know, probably a, a, a decent RB2, you know, in PPR formats, but I think Jared Patterson would be the guy uh, people should be monitoring. And so I actually took Antonio Gibson outside out of my top 36 whatsoever. Uh, because I just I don't think he plays this week, uh, regardless of anything else. And so I do think Jared Patterson uh, kind of becomes a really interesting RB uh, RB three. So, uh, but I, I do like the call of McKissick, especially against Green Bay. We saw it last year; he can be really productive. So we, I, maybe we are a little bit higher. I'm just kind of waiting for that final nail in the coffin uh, of uh, Antonio Gibson, which hate to see it. I was all about the Antonio Gibson life. Uh, hate to see that he just hasn't been able to stay healthy this, these first two uh, seasons in the league. So, uh, But we'll see, I guess, what ends up happening with him. Um, but other than that, do you guys have anybody else who want to jump over to the RBs? Okay. Okay. Let, let's go over to the, the RBs. Uh, AJ Dillon at 25. Uh, well, you got we have Antonio Gibson at 26, but you know after we just talked about that, but I have him at 48. You guys have him at 17 and 16. From there, we have Khalil Herbert, which I am higher on than you guys. Uh, Michael Carter, Jamal Williams, Devontae Booker, uh, which is much lower probably because of myself, and then Miles Gaskin, Naheem Hines, Latavius Murray, Kenyon Drake, Ramondre Stevenson, and Kenny Gainwell. One, I will mention I have Devontae Booker at 43 because I think there's a better shot that Saquon could actually return this week. Um, there's what was talk of when it first happened that it's probably more of a seven to 10 day type of injury because it's just a lower ankle sprain. It's not anything, you know, like a high ankle or anything like that. He was, they were elected to rule him out all last week. We'll see on him. I have currently, I have Saquon at five. So I moved uh, Devontae Booker out, but we'll see what happens regardless of that. I want to talk about let's talk about Khalil Herbert. I I've been really impressed with that dude the last two the last two weeks. He looked really good even last week as well uh in that game against Green Bay. Now this is obviously a much tougher matchup against Tampa Bay. I I'm sure Matt Nagy cuz Matt Nagy's a donkey and and shouldn't be a head coach in the league is still going to try to run the ball here in this game even though every other team has opted not to. But I do think Khalil Herbert, it's going to be interesting how he shakes back in with Damian Williams likely to be back this week. And then Michael Carter, I have at 22. You guys have him at 32 and 29. I have uh, I think there's probably a better chance that he probably, um, moving forward, coming off their bye, probably handles 60% of the opportunities in this backfield uh, moving forward, somewhere in that 55, 60%. So I like Michael Carter as, as, a, as a low-end RB2. Ramondre Stevenson, I was actually surprised. My, Ramondre Stevenson has actually was utilized more as a pass catcher especially at his size, I just not something that I would have expected from him. But, you know, we saw last week, he actually uh, ran more routes than Brandon Bolden last week. And so if he's going to be more of, the, you know, in that pass catching role, um, you know, I don't mind it. I mean, he had three catches last week. Three, he targeted three times, uh, five carries, you know, uh, 62 total yards and a touchdown, you know, and a matchup against the Jets. You know, I don't really mind. I think that he is kind of a borderline PPR option. Um, do I think he's all of a sudden going to get like seven to 10, to, you know, uh, targets a game? No, uh, not at all. But I think that he can be relevant. And Damian Harris seems like he's always on a short leash with Bill Belichick. If he fumbles again, you know, Damian Harris can be relegated back to uh, the bench with Ramondre Stevenson stepping up. So I, I think Ramondre Stevenson is at least, you know, kind of a flex option. Do you guys have anybody you want to uh, discuss? I do. I want to talk about, I feel like I want to call him the Tony Pollard of the North. And that's A.J. Dillon who is starting to kind of carve out his own, you know, side role uh, with Aaron Jones up there in green Bay. And, 
he's had 13 touches over the past three games, per, you know, per game. And I think this is this is kind of what we saw in previous years with Jamal Williams, right? So this is a guy that that's going to be doing, you know, some of the, the the rushing game with Aaron Jones, but he's also just doing it better than, than what we saw with Jamal Williams, right? So this past game, he only had 11 carries, but he had for 59 yards. And I, I know the Bears defense isn't what it used to be, but they had Akeem Hicks back. The run defense is okay, and he had 59 yards. So uh, we've also seen him get involved in the past game. So A.J. Dillon is a guy that in this type of week where we have so many injuries, so many people out, where he has standalone value. And then, again, if anything were to happen uh, to Aaron Jones, I think he shoots automatically up. Uh, the boards. So I'm really excited about AJ Dillon and, and the work he's been getting. He's kind of in that, you know, 10 to 15 ish touches per week range, which for a running back two on his own team, that's fantastic. So he's a guy that I think should probably be a little bit higher in some of our rankings. But yeah, that's the that's the one guy that I really want to hit on. It's it's gross here. Like Miles Gas can can suck a fart. I, I have no use. Yeah. I have out. no use for that, dude. I, I can't. I can't do it. Naeem Hines has been an absolute non-factor. You know, uh, two of the first three weeks he was an RB two. Since then, from week four to six in half PPR scoring, he has finished as running back 84, 66, and forty eight. Like I, I did not see that coming. He's like the the past like, like so the past three weeks, uh, four opportunities, five opportunities, and six opportunities is all he has had. The the things I want to throw out to you guys, some a, a couple other you know injury things we're looking here, and we can we can wrap it up on this note unless uh, Demi Kevy has some deeper plays that he wants to touch on. But let's say that Alex Collins is out, and let's say that Latavius Murray does not play either. Both those guys are banged up. Latavius Murray probably more on the side that you know he could be able to play versus uh, Alex Collins, but. Would you guys have any interest in Rashad Penny or uh, Devonta Freeman if either of those two running backs were to be out for Week Seven? Let's just let's just get this big old pile of gross and just keep just keep tossing it up on top. I think you would have to in Rashad Penny because I don't think they would. I don't think they would. DJ Dallas and Travis Homer feel like much more of the pass catching options. Um, there, but I will say that uh, DJ Dallas did get some opportunities on the ground yeah. as well, and I thought he looked decent, uh, you know, against Pittsburgh a lot, you know, in that towards the end of that game, Alex Collins left. So uh, it's just can 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 Rashad Penny stay healthy? I mean, I don't know. He's been in the league forever and he's never healthy. You know, I mean, can come on, guy, can he stay healthy? <laughs> like, you know, like round that's round one pick, Rashad Penny. I know, and he has done absolutely nothing, but. So we'll see, but I will say this: it's not a good matchup against New Orleans. The, the, the Saints' run defense continues to be excellent. They're number two in run DVOA, and so uh, you know if you're wanting a running back from this backfield, I probably would want maybe if you were going to take a shot, maybe DJ Dallas, just because maybe he's more involved as a pass catcher. But uh, I, mean, I think you could roster Rashad Penny for sure, you know, um, and, and take a shot on him if you if you had to, if you were desperate, because I mean he could end up being the starting running back here in soft. And as far as the Ravens go. Absolutely fucking not. I want no problem. I want no part. None. Zero. Zilch. Not a any 
of that backfield. None. And the hey. only reason Latavius Murray's been been relevant is because of the touchdowns, because he because he continues to score touchdowns. They scored a touchdown like in like four or six weeks or something like that. Other than that, he's been terrible. And now we're just bringing in Devonta Freeman and trying to make him a thing. Le'Veon Bell scores a touchdown last week. You know, all these fucking running backs scoring. We can't let Lamar Jackson score. You know, but when people have him in DFS and you know have him in all their lineups, you know, and he's supposed to go off and you know, hey, heaven forbid, let's just let the you know, somebody's dynasty team from six years ago, whatever, all these guys actually were relevant to, to run that, run the ball in. I digress. No, I don't want any part of, of, of Devon. They saw that Texans running back room and they were like, no, no, we can double down. We can do better than that. Here, here's the thing, Kev, they're going to score rushing touchdowns. Like I get it. It's gross. I said a couple of weeks ago after a Devonte Freeman run, that was so bad that he got stuffed for negative four yards after he was indecisive, got hit back it was disgusting. He should have been cut, but this Baltimore running game is going to score touchdowns. That's just how they move the football and then how they end up scoring. So I actually like Devontae Freeman a little bit more than I would a DJ Dallas or Rashad Penny because I would probably have DJ Dallas a little bit above Rashad Penny because I just don't know what to expect from him coming back after what has he had, like four games in the past three years? Like it's just been injury after injury, right, with this guy. So I, I don't think know more more surgeries than games played for Rashad Penny. Mm, yeah, someone had to say it. So no, I have them below guys like AJ Dillon, Michael Carter. Thank goodness we're off the Ty Johnson train. We're on the Michael Carter train. Thank you for joining, Kev. It's been we're a good. minute. I don't know anybody said it's, we're off. It's, it. it's, it's not been a minute. Yeah, let's we can't go down this rabbit hole. And and so yeah, I, I'm I'm off those guys. Miles Gaskin, as gross as he is, I'd probably start him over those guys. And that's saying a lot. Give me CJ Procise over all of them. What team is he on? I think he's in Tampa. <laughs> but he? yeah, he's in Tampa. But you know, for for the record, I will just say this, and I, we're not going to go into it. But I will just say this: Cody actually has Ty Johnson at forty-one this week, which is higher than me. So I, we'll, we'll just we'll just let that we'll just let that simmer. We'll let that air. He's almost on RB three. Okay, we'll let that simmer. You know, talk about it yourself. Let us know. Let us know. Which which terrible running back are you most excited about pl- uh, playing this week? Let us know in the comments section below. But until then, I appreciate everybody checking out the video, okay? I know it's, it's terrible. I know it's rough. Hey, come see us Wednesday night, okay? We're, we'll talk about it. It's a, it's a, a safe haven, okay, for everybody. We're going to talk about it. It's a, it's a happy, happy place, okay? We're going to try to get us all through it, okay? Because we're all trying to win this week. Fuck the NFL. Fuck Roger Goodell for giving us this terrible schedule with, with all these teams on it. So this is all we're deciding between. But, hey, it is what it is. We're going to make it work. Hit that like. Hit that subscribe button. We'll see you on the next one. Bye. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.